Thanks for listening to the Ron and Don Show. Please hit subscribe. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's episode number 102 of the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. He's Ron on Don. And as you know, we're licensed brokers at Windermere after doing 25 years of Trusted Radio. And we're having a ball, you guys. In fact, this week, we're just up in Puyallup, and then we're up in Everett, and then we're up in Edmonds, we're in Ballard. Uh, we have listings and sales going on all over the place. So if you need some help with buying, selling, or someone to hold your hand right now, just kind of understand what your asset is worth, reach out to us. We do something called the Ron and Don Sit Down. We will send you the Ron and Don mug in the mail so we can all sit around and have a cup of coffee. Right, Ron? Ron at Absolutely. And uh, Don O'Neill at Winterwood.com. Hey, uh, coming up on this show, we have to talk about Earl Thomas and what happened at the Airbnb, number 29. You're not going to believe it involved himself, it seems a mistress, a buddy, his wife, a gun, and his wife's friend who may have had a knife. So, wow. Yeah, we'll get to Quite that. Quite a story. Yeah, we'll get to that in a mere moments. Also, uh, this is crazy, you guys. Or maybe it's not. Uh, they have decided, the tribes, the Native American tribes here have decided in Washington that it is time to open up. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Before we get to that, let's get to this. Mother's Day over the weekend. Mother's Day over the weekend. And I don't know about you, Ron, as I've gotten older, I have a hard time sleeping sometimes. And right. a number of years ago, I was with one of my friends that I crab fish with. He's in his 70s. And he said his daughter, because he's having the same problem, he would go to bed, wake up two, three o'clock in the morning. And he said his daughter introduced him to cannabis and edibles. And so he gave me some. And I, because at the time I was, I was on like a pharmaceutical medication, just trying to sleep at night. And you, you, if you take Ambien, there, you, you don't get that deep rested sleep. And you're, at least for me, I would sleep three hours, wake up wide-eyed and bushy-tailed after three hours, and then you take the other half of the Ambien, at least that's what I did, and then, uh, and then I would sleep for maybe another three hours. With, with taking the can- cannabis candy, I don't know if you've ever tried it before, it, it, I sleep really well, and I get really deep cycles of sleep, and I get that REM sleep. My mother, who, unbeknownst to her, uh, used to uh water plants tomato plants yeah that were in our house she thought they were tomato plants they were up in her bedroom and little did she know that my brother was growing pot plants and then he was he was he was selling the pot plants so my mom actually has a pretty good green thumb she could really grow some pot and once again she will always tell you that she thought she was uh, growing tomato plants i think that's true my sister my older sister is up in colorado I was on the phone with my mother the other day and I said, mom, because she's having a hard time sleeping right now. She's alone. She's in her seventies. Uh, she is very socially distant. She lives in this big house. And, and I suggested something to her and, and I thought she'd get mad at me. I said, mom, you know what you should do? Why don't you have my sister Beth stop by Pueblo, Colorado? Cause she's going down to a visit for the week for mother's day weekend. And we hope everyone had a great mother's day, by the way, and have her get some cannabis and she didn't know what cannabis was. So I had to explain it to her. And then I had to explain to her that there's candy, there, there, there's cannabis candy. And that when you eat the cannabis candy, it possibly, there's a possibility here that you could sleep really well. I said, there's also a giant possibility that you could get stoned. I said, if you and Beth get stoned, I want to be the first person that you call. FaceTime. 
on a Zoom call because I really, <laughs> really, really want to talk to you. Absolutely. Uh, because my mom has never been stoned before. Never, never been stoned. As far as you know. As far as I know. And you, and you know what? It, it was shocking to me. She was really open to it, right? She was yeah, attitudes on this has really changed. It's interesting that you said that because I had one experience uh, or two experiences. One, I went to Amsterdam and I tried to smoke a joint when it was legal over there. I couldn't inhale. It was a catastrophic experience. It was really bad. Uh, I had the, everything set up perfectly in Amsterdam. I had my munchy foods. I had water. I had the little a vial that you go by, uh, and I talked to the, the bud tender over there. This was years ago, uh, way before it was legalized here. That experience went horrible. And then I had a friend bring me a brownie one time, and I had a bite of brownie. Didn't feel anything, didn't feel anything, didn't feel anything. So I took another bite of brownie. There's the mistake. Then it all hit me like a ton of bricks. I ended up in a fetal position like, I don't like this. But now that it's sort of, um, you know, the dosage you're going to get, I have thought about this. A friend of mine just gave me a gummy. Yeah. And it's an indica, which she said, Indica reminds you you're going to be in the couch. <laughs> indica. She's like, that's how you know which one is which. And yeah. I was like, okay, Indica, Indica couch. I haven't tried it yet, yeah. um, but you've said you got good results from the sleeping one. So I would like to try one for sleeping as well. So maybe I'll join your mom for a Mother's Day experimentation. Because I live right down the street. There's a, a pot shop that I could probably be in the couch uh, in no time. But good for them. I, I think people have really it's, – it's reasonable to do the edibles, uh, I think, now and not freak out about it anymore. No, because when you – you know, big thing for me when I really start paying attention to what I was eating, what I was drinking, how I was exercising, the, the big thing for me was, was I have to get enough sleep. And if I don't get enough sleep and enough deep sleep, uh, then I'm, I'm extremely affected by that in every aspect of my life, especially when you got a kiddo that gets up early and you got a dog and it, it, it is, it, it, it can be hard being a single parent sometimes and you didn't get the sleep that you need. I mean, I can tell, I, I know how much sleep you've gotten just when, when you and I interacted over the years, like I know what days you've gotten sleep and what days you haven't. And like, what, how I should respond to the different versions of Dawn. Like, oh, I just know yeah. that. So, like, if you are no sleep, Dawn, like, no meetings, don't bring anything up. Like, it's not, it's a non-starter. Yeah. Like, don't even go there. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's remarkable the different how you interact with the world based on the amount of sleep that you've gotten. So, so anyway, we will... We'll see if mom gets high. I told her not to take too much. Maybe just bite a little corner and wait and wait and wait and wait because it takes time. Because unlike smoking cannabis, when you're eating it, it has to cross the blood-brain barrier. And so that's why it takes so much time. And then if you go back and you eat the rest of the brownie too early, you end up in the couch on the floor. And, and I did not like that at all. Yeah, and you feel like you're going to end up in the grave and you have a bad experience and then you, you, you poo-poo it and you throw it all out. And you say, yeah, that's, that it didn't work or it's not for me. And that's what those edibles can really do. So I will, I will give you a report on my mother getting stoned. And let's face it, here in Washington, uh, one of the first businesses to open back up when they said it's essential was a lot of the cannabis stores in the pot shop. Yeah, I can't wait for that report. I love it.
Yeah. So, hey, uh, we come back. We're going to talk a little bit about adopting. A, what is this, Ron? You can adopt a high school senior? Is that right? Yeah, it's a new movement going on, uh, and it's happening online. But there's a bit of a controversial twist here. So I'm, I'm really interested to get your take on adopting a senior. Yeah. And also, what is your take on the words like social distancing uh, that we've been learning and also the words COVID-19 when this isn't even really COVID-19? It's actually SARS-2. If you read uh, Bill Gates and Gates Notes, uh, you'll know that. Uh, he is so informed about this. He is really incredible. And then also, uh, we'll talk a little bit about Earl Thomas. Cash, cars, and stars, and guns, knives, mistresses. What's going on here? And you didn't think people used Airbnbs anymore. Evidently, Earl does. <laughs> it's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Ron and Don are licensed real estate brokers with Windermere Midtown. Are you ready to buy or sell a home? Yeah, call my dad or his best friend, Ron. You should see them at an open house. They're hilarious. Hey, you guys. Welcome back. It's Ron and Don. We are live from the Les Schwab Studios. And don't forget Les Schwab. They are open and prepared uh, to serve you as we uh, figure out this pandemic. So stop on by. And again, if they're not working on a car, those guys come run it. They are really great. Uh, Ron, I saw something online yesterday. One of my friends that I grew up with is a teacher in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and she was having a birthday. And her kids are really young kids. I think they're third grade, second grade. And all those kids came by in cars with balloons. Their parents were driving. They had a police escort. There were three different police cars. And they had their lights and sirens going. And she stood out in her front yard and she just wept. She just wept. It was really an incredible moment to watch. And in watching that, what I felt like is, you know what? She really needed this. She really needed for those kids to do that. But you know who needed uh, to do that more was probably those parents and those children uh, that were in those cars finding a way for humans to still connect. And that brings us to this story right here. If you want to connect with a senior, I guess, right? Yeah, there is a movement that started across America, believe it or not, in Riodoso, New Mexico, which Don and I have both been to. There was an amazing taco hut in Riodoso that I remember fondly. Uh, and it's called Adopt a Senior, a, a high school senior page. Uh, this started on Facebook. A, uh, this girl had the idea. Next thing you know, there are over 50,000 people nationwide now that have jumped onto this. Here's the premise, and here's the controversy. The premise is a once-in-a-lifetime event, graduating high school, has essentially been taken away from these seniors this year. They've worked for 12 years to get to high school graduation. They don't get the ceremony. They don't get the big party. They don't get to put on their cap and gown and be with their friends and celebrate like you did and I did. And they thought, let's put this online and we'll get people in the community that will, in essence, adopt this senior and celebrate with them. So you go online, you create sort of like a, a page where you can celebrate the accomplishments of your high school senior. And then also, if you want to, 
the seniors make a wish list on something like Amazon or a different retail site. And then if people, because back in the day, you used to have a party and people would come over and they'd give you an envelope and maybe there'd be $50 in there or $100 in there, uh, or you would, might get a, a big send off of, to college where you would get get uh you know different items and so these uh seniors are putting together an amazon wish list and then people can voluntarily contribute to that wish list so so far so good until you have people to go time out how dare you ask for a new macbook pro or an ipad uh, 11 or a new iphone or an iwatch or uh you know some sort of device to to go off to college with shouldn't you take that money and give it all to to uh, healthcare workers give it all to actual senior citizens give it to these covid 19 related charities and so therein lies the rub some high school seniors are posting pictures on this page of gift baskets that they've received and some of them have makeup kits or clothing or new uh, set of school clothes to go off to college or even the electronics I mentioned. They're getting criticized of like, you're being selfish. Shouldn't you um, donate all of this uh, to people that are more in need than you are? And so there's two sides of this coin. They're saying, hey, you had a high school graduation. You got to have a big party with cake and everybody gave you cash. How come I don't get that? Why am I selfish if I want to actually get, if I need a new laptop? Because uh, I intend to go to college next year. Yeah, well, I, I, I think you can do both. I, I, I look around my life and, and I try to be a minimalist and just all the stuff I have. And so I try to take my stuff and I try to share my stuff and the stuff that I buy that I use personally it is, is maybe more expensive than other people would use. So my, the sunglasses I wear, cause, cause this eye virus that I had for years, uh, I spend money on that. I spend money on shoes. I spend, and that's about it. Shoes and sunglasses. I, th I think I'm done there. Uh, it's, you have really nice pants. We've talked about this on the show before. There is so much stuff to go around. Uh, and so I don't think people are sitting at home right now going, Oh my gosh, I want more stuff. We know that half of, half of all Americans, adult Americans, they say, are out of work. Uh, they don't have a job. And these job numbers are, are horrific when you look at this. So we, we get that. And what we need to do, and we are doing that, is we need to be shoulders for other people to stand on and to help them. We need to do that. We also have to understand this is a huge money grab. This is a huge money grab. Hurricane Katrina, huge money gap. There were 19 people in Washington state after that hurricane that received lots of money. Uh, and then also after that, they received lots of jail time because none of them had ever even been to Louisiana. So behind the scenes, and we'll find out a year, two years, five years from now, where all this money that the federal government is just throwing at people, we'll find out where that money really went. And if you're a senior in high school, what does that have to do with taking care of American adults that are out of work? I think you can do both. I think you can celebrate the lives and the achievement of these kids. And I think you can also really make sure that you roll up your sleeves and you help the least of these. Why can't we do both? I, 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 I agree I with you. And I think, I, I think it's a dumb I, argument. I think there is something to be said. When someone has a big life change, and I just did this for my brother. My brother started a new job. 
and he needed a computer and an iPad for the new job. He's, he's going to be out in the field all the time and he needed, I, me and my sister pitched in and it's like, it's a gesture. We bought him a, a new computer, sent it to him. And the message that we wanted to send was, we're proud of you. You just made a huge life change. You had to go through this whole school graduation program to become certified in your new job. We want you to be successful. Here's a computer. I think that's something that the community, I think that's a great gesture. So I think if you're a high school senior and you graduated and you worked really hard, a guy like yourself, that you, you worked incredibly hard in high school. You deserve for your community, I think, to say, good job. That was a lot of work. We want to reward you with a new computer or a new iPad or you guys, a, you guys are having a party for me and I'm getting a new computer and an iPad. It's about damn time because I've been waiting since I was 18. I'm 53 now. Right. And finally, Donna the Ronadon gets to have a party up in here. The only problem is I'm giving you a new computer from 1985. So it's <laughs> going to be a Commodore 64 or a TRS 80. So I disagree though. It's not just a gesture. That is something that your brother Rob needs. We, and, and he has been a teacher his whole life. And being a teacher, you don't make a lot of dough. So it's, it, it's not easy sometimes to go out. And, and he's one of the most giving people with his time, energy, money, resources that we've ever met. Uh, he, he truly is the type of person that will give you uh, the shirt off his back and not expect anything back. So I think that's a lovely gesture. But also, these are items that your brother needs in order to be successful and to work and, and to take care of his and, and I think the same thing applies for a, a senior in high school. If you're going off to university, you need a good laptop. So it's interesting that people like to do these false equivalencies and jump on an eight, 17 year old or 18 year old and say, Oh yeah, why aren't you giving, why aren't you giving to those that are you know, in crisis right now? I agree with you. Give them to both. I I'm going to actually look into this and see if there's a senior here. I'm going to jump on that page when I get a few minutes and maybe I'll adopt a senior because they should be graduating. That, 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 that really does suck. If you spent your whole life, you were looking forward to walking, walking down, taking your cap and gown, moving the tassel over. Maybe you're, you know, in the honor society and you get to wear the special thing. I didn't get that, but you got to wear the special, what is that called? The sash or the ribbon or the, huh. the whatever it was. You graduated you get, 11 out of 856 people. That's pretty good, Ron. I graduated 854th out of 856 people. <laughs> but I graduated. Yeah. I had to pay some people off, but I got it done. So, hey, we come back. Let's talk about essential workers, social distancing, uh, creating our bubble, and Earl Thomas on the other side of this. Thinking about retirement? What are you going to do with the house? Let's do a Ron and Don sit down. Email ron at windermere.com. Hey, you guys, welcome back. We're live from the Lexwalk Studios. We hope everybody had a great Mother's Day. I'll find out from my mom today if she got stoned. My sister Beth on Mother's Day. I'm looking forward to that. And also, I really feel for all the families out there that your mom is not here because either you lost her or she is locked up in a hospital somewhere, right? Or some type of institution that is helping her with her mobility. Uh, we were talking. I was talking with my our friend Wes Jones, who's a great realtor over in Bellevue, and uh, we were putting together a deal this week. And he told me he has a 98 year old grandmother, and what he does is he just goes and he stands at her window because she is currently in a facility where she needs help. And he said 
he just feels like he needs to go there and what they, the workers inside will open up the windows so then he can begin to have conversations and his grandmother can hear him. So there's a lot of that uh, going on. And, and typically on a mother's day, uh, it's something where we really want to celebrate moms, but we also really want to remember uh, the moms that weren't here uh, either because they've been locked away from their families or, or they were one of the 70,000 plus of Americans uh, that have lost their lives in just the past two months. How about that? Hey, real quick, I keep hearing, uh, I was in the car the other day, I had the radio turned on, and I hear there's a, there's a lot of ads out there that are thanking the essential workers. I don't like the term essential workers because if, if you're an essential wor- worker, then what is everybody else? Well, they would be the antithesis of that. They would be a non-essential worker. And I just think everybody's essential. My, my son was asking me the other day what an essential, essential worker is. And what I did is I just said, you know what? There's first responders. And we love our first responders. But you know what's more important than a first responder is a second responder. And that's a term that I've used over the years because really – the first responders, to me, are the first ones to get there. Uh, you think about an EMT, these uh, men and women driving around uh, in these AMR cars. And in the city of Seattle and the surrounding areas, uh, Seattle Fire uses AMR. S- Seattle Fire will show up to a scene, and when the person needs to be transported, uh, then they'll transport them AMR. If it's serious stuff and you need paramedics to be in the rig on the way to the hospital, then you will be transported in a Seattle Fire uh, a Seattle fire vehicle. So I, I look at these AMR drivers and, and, and they are first responders. They are, but what about the nurse in the ER or what about the healthcare workers that are working in nursing homes right now? Are they first responders or are they second responders? To me, they're second responders, but, but in, in some ways, the second responders are just as important as the first responders. So this, this essential, non-essential, uh, language that's being used. I think we just have people out there that are responding and they deserve our thanks. They really do. Social distancing, we talked about this the other day. We got to get rid of that term. That term to me, social distancing. I was out trail running over the weekend and I felt that as people were turning their backs on me as I was coming down the trail because that's part of social distancing. And social distancing, uh, really has created, I think, in, in many ways. It's created a lot of fear. It's created a lot of confusion. And we started to socially distance. But what we haven't done in the United States, and there's a great article in The Atlantic about this over the weekend, we don't have enough tests right now to test people. And then we don't have the, we don't have the systems in place then to contact people. Down in Pasatino, California over the weekend, uh, or last week, there was a, there was a party. And think about the parties that there were that, that we had for Mother's Day over the weekend. Uh, they decided to have this birthday party. This family did an extended family, and as a result of that, now uh, five of those family members they were uh, determined to have COVID nineteen. Here's what they did in Pasadena, though, is they were able to test that whole family and extended family. Then what they were able to do is to contact everybody that was in touch with that family and that extended family. They are doing that in Pasadena, California today. And and the social distancing thing doesn't work unless you have the components of having enough tests for everyone and then contact, contract, 
contact tracing. And we see that happening now around the country. I wish there would be someone at the federal level, and it's certainly not going to be the president, but somebody at the federal level that is allowed to speak on this and talk about this because we're wasting our time if we're going to sit here and socially distance, and yet we're, we're not going to have the availability to test everyone that needs to be tested and also, Ron, to go out and contact the people that need to be contacted. It is ironic. I, I get where you're coming from on the semantics of this whole deal. You and I were deemed essential because real estate is essential. And when we go out, it's amazing now when we're in the 70s and low 80s and there's not a cloud in the sky, people seem to not give a rip. Like we were out uh, doing essential work in air quotes and nobody was observing anything in terms of wearing masks, six feet radiuses, um, you, you know, washing their hands, wearing gloves, none of them. No, no people, people are out. Um, I live very close to Lake Union. Everybody's out running today. Nobody has a mask on, walking their dogs. There's a guy, my, my neighbor across the way was getting his paddleboard out to go do essential paddleboarding. He is not wearing a mask. He's going down to the water. Um, dozens and dozens and dozens of people, more people than I've seen in, in the last month or so, easy, are just out non-socially distancing. And, and I don't know what the mentality is. If it's just like, hey, it's 80 degrees. I'm stir crazy. I got to get down and get out and go to the park. Um, I've seen people playing tennis that are three feet apart. I see people uh, going in and out of stores, uh, walking around without any sort of protection whatsoever. They don't apologize. They don't acknowledge it. They just are saying, hey, I guess this is the new reality and I'm willing to take that risk. Yeah, and I think a lot of that is because we have we have world leaders that aren't wearing masks. And, and now you find out that there's at least two cases connected to the White House and, and connected to people that work for the president. The gentleman that shines the president's shoes every day and lays out his suit and then the tie that's really, really, really long that goes over his groin and his hand, that tie. He lays that out for him every day. He has the 19th. Uh, and there's another worker in the hospital that's contact with the president, the vice president, that has the 19. It is very clear that the White House has pivoted, uh, and they have pivoted towards politics. And uh, Joe Biden uh, is doing a similar thing. So it, it is really important, you guys, if, if, if we're going to sit here and socially distance and take the time to do it, that then we have enough tests, we do the contact tracing. When you look around the country and the way that they have succeeded – in some areas around the world, is, is by doing those three things. You have to do those three things. And right now, we're doing one of those things, and people are tired of it. And a lot of people have just stopped doing it. And that's why you have this gathering in Pasadena, and I bet you had a lot of gatherings on Mother's Day. It seems like Earl Thomas has ignored socially distancing as well. Yeah, let's talk about Earl Thomas here real quick. <laughs> Love number, the way he plays football. Number 29 for your Seattle Seahawks. I don't know if you, you guys heard this story. Uh, but evidently, he likes to Snapchat. And I've always wondered what people do on Snapchat. Like, do you? Like, I'm, I'm on Snapchat because my niece wanted to be on Snapchat. But I heard Snapchat is where, where people hook up. And evidently, that's where Earl Thomas hooks up. He and his wife got in a fight. She was upset with him because she felt like he was drinking too much. He got mad, left the house. And for whatever reason, she was able to get into his Snapchat. And okay. she looking in the Snapchat and she's like, huh, interesting. Who's this woman? 
And then she started reading some more of the Snapchats and she got very upset, so upset that she went and got Earl's gun, right? She went and got his gun. She called one of her friends, her friend got a knife and then they went to the Airbnb. So again, we thought the Airbnb model was broken. Uh, Airbnb is losing billions uh, worldwide because people aren't staying in Airbnbs anymore. Earl Thomas is. In fact, he went to this Airbnb and then I'm really confused about who was all in bed because there was another girl there, it's, there's another guy there, and it doesn't make sense to me who, who was naked and who was, was doing what where. That's none of my business, I, I, it, 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 it's not important. And Ron, you're good on the whiteboard, so maybe you could, but, but nonetheless, Earl, Earl was naked, there were some other people naked, and, and then his wife, his current wife walked in, they have three kids together. She pulls the gun out, mm. Somebody pulls out a camera and starts shooting video of this. Okay. There's video of her taking the gun and putting it to Earl's head about a foot and a half away. Uh, He ends up wrestling with her. He gets the gun away from her. Uh, They end up calling the police. The police look at the video and uh, she has been charged now. Uh, And I think they had, they threw seven, eight, nine different charges at her. It'd be very interesting to see uh, what happens moving forward with the NFL? Uh, because Earl wasn't Earl, Earl wasn't arrested, and there's there's a lot of athletes, and there's a lot of people that do this. This is this is what was shocking to me as I went online and started reading some of the comments to see if because Earl is beloved here in Seattle, and come to find out, a lot of people were rooting for his wife, and they said, you know what, he, she had taken the magazine out. So there's no magazine, but what people didn't know is that Earl had one in the chamber. So she still could have killed him. Uh, this is kind of a, this is kind of a shocking story here. Ron. It seems like, cause I just Googled this while you were talking that his job with the Baltimore Ravens seems safe, that there's not an out in the contract for being naked in an Airbnb with uh, a mistress when all this rigmarole happens, because he is technically the victim in this the, uh, kind of a twist. Normally, in an NFL violence story, it is the man uh, doing a violent act against a woman. We've seen that hundreds of times in NFL history. This is a bit of a twist where you have the woman and her friend committing violence against the NFL star. That's right. That's right. So, anyway, I think it's interesting when you see the, when you see the story in Seattle – they have him in his, in his Seattle Seahawks jersey. Right. And then when you see the story uh, in other parts of the country and the world, uh, they have him with his current team. I, I just love that the NFL released all the schedules this week as if we're going to be able to play those scheduled games. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not even going to read this. Why, why do we want to read this right now? Like we're really going to be packing out the NFL stadiums in August to well, the you know, preseason yeah. game. They're going to figure out something. I, I was talking with some friends yesterday that are connected to the Seahawks, and they said, you know, you, you might see people – and how would you do this? Let's say you have season ticket holders, and you say, well, we're going to let the season ticket holders come, but then where do they sit? Because you probably can't sit in your regular seat. You're going to have to socially distance, and that's probably three seats over. I'm not worried about the fans. I'm worried about the players. Oh, you are? Okay. I'm, Every I'm, player I'm, collides with at least one human being every play. Yeah. 
the COVID-19 virus is uh, if you spit and it's airborne, that happens every play with 22 people per play. And and then you have all the support staff, all of the referees, all the family members of all these people, 53-man rosters, probably another 25, 30 coaches and support staff there. And then you exponentially put that out to all of the family members and social circles there. We're talking about thousands of people on each individual game that are, I mean, that will spread like wildfire. We had one positive test in the NBA and the NBA shut down the season right before the playoffs. One, hmm. uh, maybe it was two, maybe one or two positive COVID-19 tests and the NBA just said, we're done. And yep. they have not resumed at all. What is the NFL going to do on week one when someone tests positive in one of these locker rooms? Well, a lot of these players that don't make money, that are journeymen, they, you, you get paid in the NFL when you play. So you get a game check every week. So through the course of the summer, you don't get a game check. You get, you pay, you get paid when you play. And a lot of these contracts, unless you got guaranteed up money up front, is not guaranteed. NBA has already announced that uh, they've cut salaries in the NBA by 25%. Baseball a lot of those contracts are, are guaranteed, and it's one of the reasons why baseball uh, is trying to figure out a way uh, to play. And if people are staying home, then you're going to have a lot of eyeballs watching baseball. I mean, this ultimately could end up being a really good thing for baseball because people stop watching it on TV, and now people are at home because this, this, is, a, this, is, a visual, this is a visual event. So, Ron, before we go, I want to ask you this question real quick, and I know we're out of time. A lot of misinformation on Facebook about COVID-19. What is your take on this? Because Mark Zuckerberg said, hey, what happened in the election a few years ago, we're not going to let that happen this time around. It seems like it's happened. Oh, absolutely. They're in the, in the advertising and money game. Uh, they are not in the information verification game. So uh, I just try, and it's very hard, I do not consume news first thing in the morning. It sends me down a rabbit hole. I look at the source. Uh, I, I want to verify that it's coming from a credible source, especially when you have the White House taking a CDC document and just shelving it for political purposes, where it's like, why even have a CDC with the experts in infectious disease if you don't listen to those experts? So find experts, make sure they're verified sources, uh, and listen to that stuff. Do not traffic in the conspiracy theories of Facebook for your COVID-19 info. Well, hey, you guys, I got to go. I got to send my mom some Cheetos uh, <laughs> and some taco fixings uh, in the mail. Uh, Cause just in case overnight that, yeah, just in case she's connecting with my sister. Uh, I want to do, sure. do they have boober eats where she is? You can get it delivered. You know, when I suggested her eating pot, she was laughing so hard. Maybe the hardest I've ever heard her laugh, like she was on pot. And they're like, mom, hang on, I got to call my sister. So I called my sister and we got on the phone together and they were both howling. They were just absolutely- I can't wait. If you get video, I want to see it. We'll do it. Hey, uh, any final words? Uh, Episode number 102. And don't forget, Ron and Don are licensed realtors. Enjoy the sun. Get out there. Just keep your mask on when you're around people. That's not too much to ask. Put on some sunscreen and uh, get out there by the water, but just be safe and know what six feet looks like. Yeah. And don't forget, you guys, if you need our help, uh, and a lot of people are going to need help right now. A lot of people are scared. And if you've lost your job and you're worrying about uh, paying the rent, paying the mortgage. Uh, there's a lot of cool programs that are coming online right now. They're going to help folks. 
Uh, and I don't think this is going to be as bad as everybody thinks it's going to be. This, this is not 2008, 2009. Uh, we just got to make sure that the world, the entire world starts paddling in the, in the same direction, right? All right. Anyway, he's Ron. I'm Don. Right, Ron. Ron at Windermere.com. Don O'Neill at Windermere.com. Let's do a virtual sit down together. And again, uh, people sometimes think we're Seattle-centric, but we have a listing right now in Puyallup and also uh, up north in places like uh, Everett, Linwood, and Edmonds, too. So we'd love to be your realtors. All right? Ron at Windermere.com. Don O'Neill at Windermere.com. Everything at ronandon.com. Keep your head up, your shoulders back. We'll see you for 103. It's the Ron and Don Show only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, it's G-Force O'Neill. Thanks for listening to my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron.